I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast, The Convergence of Prophecy, where each week we talk about prophecy on the pages of the Bible and the prophecy that's unfolding right before our very eyes in the news. Now, we are currently in a series on the book of Revelation, but today we're going to take a little break and we're going to dig into the Word of God and see where in the Bible it speaks about a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world religion, and a one-world leader to lead it all. Now, I'm certain that you've heard those terms before, and you may have been wondering, where do we get them from? Where does it say in the Bible that there's going to be a one-world leader? Well, it's given to us in the book of Revelation, chapter 13. And we're going to look at those areas in greater detail when we get to that chapter of Revelation. So, Hopefully you can continue to join us each week in our series in the book of Revelation. And from time to time, we will sprinkle in a prophecy update as the events in the world will generate that for us. But today, I want to help you understand why we speak of a new world order. Now, we speak of a new world order because many of us believe that it is right around the corner, that it's on the horizon. And I want to give you a brief summary of this new world order so that you can do your own research. And really, I I ask you to be Bereans, to research everything I say, and let me know if you find anything that's out of place. Don't just take everything I say as gospel truth. I'm a man, and I I am certainly um, able to make mistakes. And if you catch one, I'd be blessed if you'd let me know. So I'm blessed by the fact that you are a Berean, and you're listening, and you're looking this up and doing your own research. But I want you to understand where we get these terms from. So let's begin with a one-world government. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 7, we read, It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. So Jesus tells us that there will be a day when a leader will be set over every tribe, tongue, and nation of the world a world leader. Jesus tells us that this one world leader will control a world government system, that the nations will come together and form a new world order, if you will. And if you think that's impossible, or if you think this is just something that is recent in in our beliefs and in our thinking, I want you to listen to leaders throughout the ages and what they've called for. Adolf Hitler, for instance, said national socialism will use its own revolution for establishing a new world order. Albert Einstein said, in order to achieve the final aim, which is one world and not two hostile worlds, such a partial world government must never act in alliance against the rest of the world. The only real step toward world government is world government itself. David Rockefeller is quoted as saying, We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis. We certainly have that now, don't we? And the nations will accept the new world order. Robert F. Kennedy said, All of us will ultimately be judged on our effort that we've contributed to the building of a new world order. George Bush If you do not follow the dictates of our inner moral compass and stand up for human life, then his lawlessness will threaten the peace and democracy of an emerging new world order. We now see this long-dreamed-of vision we've all worked toward for so long. 
and I could go on and on and on if time permitted, but the evidence is clear. Leaders throughout the ages have been calling for a world government, a new world order, and they can't wait for that day when it will come into existence. One world government is part of that new world order, and so if you have a one world government, you need someone to lead it, don't you? And that brings us to a one world leader. We find that in Revelation chapter 13, verse 2. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like a feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power. The dragon is Satan, his throne, and his great authority. So Jesus describes a leader that's empowered by Satan. Now in order to get a picture of that leader, we have to turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verses 4 through 7, tell us this. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it. It had ten now, Daniel's given a vision of empires here that were depicted also as animals. The lion represents ancient Babylon. The bear represents the Medes and the Persians. This is a history lesson. And the leopard represents Greece. The fourth beast represents Rome, but not ancient Rome. It represents a revised Roman Empire represented by the statue of Daniel with the feet of clay. This empire represents a ten-nation federation that rises out of the ashes of Rome. Now, what are those ten nations? I can't speculate on that. I think it's going to become very clear as time goes on. But there's more to it than that. Jesus is telling John in Revelation that this last empire will have characteristics of the Roman Empire of the past or empires of the past. And like the empires of the past, it will be led by one man with a thirst for world domination. And we certainly saw that in Nebuchadnezzar and in Alexander the Great especially. Think that it won't happen? Well, listen, the world even today is calling for that. Henry Spack, who was a former Belgian prime minister and one of the principal architects of what has since become the European Union, said this, What we want is a man of sufficient stature, to hold the alliances of all people and to lift us out of an economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, be he God or devil, we will receive him. Did you hear that? Be he God or devil. He will be the devil. He will be the devil who will call himself God. And the Bible tells us that there, this world leader, this person driven by Satan, we know him as the Antichrist. And once he comes on the scene, there will be a tribulation that will come upon this world like no other time in our history, a tribulation that Jesus said, if the days were not shortened, no flesh would survive. And that brings us to one world religion. Revelation thirteen eight says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him 
whose names have not been written in the book of, of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There will be a false prophet who will draw people away from the one true God and deceive them into worshiping the Antichrist. In the book of Daniel, a statue had been erected in the desert, and all the people were commanded to bow down and worship it. As the biblical account goes, all but three bowed down to worship it. The false prophet will usher in a religion that all people of the world will buy into, a religion that will command that everyone worship this false Christ, the Antichrist. What will this one world religion be? Again, speculation, but I have my suspicions. And to give you an idea of who I believe may be the leader of the religion of the end time, I want you to listen to this. Pope Francis called for a new global political authority tasked with the tackling of the reduction of population and the development of poor countries and regions. His appeal echoed that of his predecessor, Pope Benedict XVI, who in 2009 proposed a kind of super-UN to deal with the world's economic problems and injustices. Now, it seems strange that a pope would call for such thing as this, and basically what he's calling for is a one-world government that would lead to a one-world religion. Now, it seems strange that a pope who supposedly knows the Bible would call for such a thing, doesn't it? But there's more to it, and there's always more, isn't there? The very name Catholic means universal, and the pope has been attempting to bring the religions of the world under the banner of Catholicism for quite a while now. And we're going to deal with, again with that in greater detail in Revelation 13. And so that brings us to, last but not least, a one-world economy. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18 says, He causes all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, and that by that no one may be able to buy or sell except he who has the mark or the name of the beast or the name of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for is the number of man. His number is 666. So, we see the economies of the world collapsing right before our very eyes. This virus, this COVID-19, has decimated the economies of the world. And this collapse may be the catalyst to invite a one-world economy and currency in. Now, we know that a form of digital currency is being looked at to replace paper money that many believe may carry the virus. Many of you have already seen the signs in the stores that claim there's a coin shortage and, and other stores that are posting signs that say we require cards only, no cash. In fact, a recent stimulus bill that Congress tried to pass uh, included a digital currency in the bill. So we can see now more than ever before how our government can control its people with fear. And perhaps it'll be fear that leads people to take the mark of the beast, a mark that will enable you to buy and sell. With, and without that mark, you could starve. You wouldn't be able to buy or sell anything. You wouldn't even be able to go to work. We see governments around the world suggesting an immunization card of sorts to be able to function in society, be able to get on a plane and fly or to, to go on vacation or do things that you normally would do, a card that shows that you've been vaccinated against this virus. And I'm not saying don't take the vaccine. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. You need a beast before you can have the mark of a beast. But it gives us a glimpse, doesn't it, of how this mark, whatever it is, may be forced upon the world. It's a shadow. And as I always say, if you see the shadow, then the real thing must be very close behind. 
If you want to buy and sell, if you want to be able to function in society, then you will have to take this mark. So all the pieces are in place for a new world order to take control, eventually ushering in a one world government, a one world leader, a one world religion, and a one world economy. Now, this isn't an exhaustive study on these subjects by any means. I just wanted to give you some more better understanding where it is in scripture, where it speaks of this new world order so that you can have a better understanding of what the world is calling for and what the Bible tells us we're moving toward. And so if you want to watch all of this from heaven as the church is raptured out of here before this tribulation takes place, before there's a mark on the beast, before you're even forced to do any of that, the church and the followers of Jesus Christ, the believers in Christ, will, I believe, be raptured out of here before the tribulation. And if you want to be part of that and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. The Bible tells us there is no unrighteous, no, not one. So it's not about our works. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And B, believe with all your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he died for your sins. Romans 10, verses 10 to 11 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So once you admit that you're a sinner, that you can't do this on your own, you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and that you must repent and turn to Jesus to be saved, then call upon his name. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, if you fall on your knees today and pray to the Lord for salvation, if you submit and commit your life to him, the Bible tells us you will be saved. Prayerfully, you will do that today. Don't wait another moment. God bless you.